When you think of Bordeaux, the first thing that you probably think about is the wine. But Bordeaux is much, much more. Located on the southwest corner of France, Bordeaux is a port city connected to the Atlantic Ocean by the River Garonne, and the division referred to the locals as left bank and right bank. A world-renowned city, Bordeaux is famed for its green vineyards, amazing food, and art. And supportive of growing some of the world's best wine grapes, summers in Bordeaux are warm and lush and the winters briskly cold, making it a wonderfully beautiful travel destination year-round. Framed their distinct four seasons is a five-story skyline punctuated with cathedrals, city gates, museums, and churches. Need more convincing of Bordeaux's cultural importance? UNESCO declared Bordeaux a World Heritage Site in 1998 thanks to the city's wealth of architectural treasures. More than 350 buildings are classified as historical monuments. I am Kristen, and welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast that's all things about travel, be it destinations, customs, food, technology, international, intellectual curiosity, or exploring the world. And today to discuss Bordeaux with me is Tanya. Hey there. How's everyone? Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm taking a breath from that long diatribe. Yeah, you did quite a but you pronounced um, Garonne, which now I know how to pronounce. So good. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not no, native, yeah. but uh, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> and you heard Zen there. Hi. I'm here. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. I'm going to butcher all the French words today. I'm going to okay, do, so do. just know I'm doing that as well. Okay. <laughs> and we have a very special guest today, my friend Raphael. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. Hey. Hello. Hey. Thanks Hello. for coming back. <laughs> yeah. After your first experience, we weren't sure if you are going to come back. <laughs> yeah, I had a long like journaling session about what it is right for me. <laughs> well, I guess the pros outweighed the cons, so welcome. So back again is my good friend Raphael, who was actually with us last week discussing Naples and the Amalfi Coast. If you didn't listen to it, you can go check it out after you finish this episode. It was a really fun discussion. But for today, Raphael is here to give us <laughs> his book report on Bordeaux. <laughs> But before we get too far, grab a glass of wine while we hear a short message from our sponsor. Welcome back. So, as always, before we begin talking about a destination, as you know, we'd like to picture a picture it with a little history lesson around our daily topic. But today, nah, we're just going to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. However, if you do want to find out more about the history of Bordeaux, we suggest that you visit French Moments website, which is frenchmoments.eu. I'm sorry, it's backslash Bordeaux history. And um, and check out their history page. So, Rafa, why don't you give us a little overview of your trip and how you selected it from a book? <laughs> <laughs> I think this might have predated the book. It did. Oh, okay. So, someone explain the book. 
Yeah, so the book. So we talked about it a lot last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, we probably should be paid for how much we promoted the book. Um, <laughs> right. Was that part of your commercial um, break? <laughs> it can um, be, sure. <laughs> anyway, yeah, th- this was actually the trip where I met Kristen, um, and Kristen um, is the one that gifted me the book. So that's what I'm going to do. circle. And the book, just to be clear, is A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, where I've gotten tons of ideas uh, for my trips since. Um, but Bordeaux was different in that that was my first time ever leaving North America. So it was my first oh. time oh. being in a country that wasn't the United States or Mexico. And when did um, you go? It was 2006, September okay. 2006. This uh, was, um, Raphael and I both studied abroad in Bordeaux. So oh, we actually weren't even studying at the same university, but um, our oh. universities were, um, we did the whole program together when we were there. And so we met there in Bordeaux for the first time. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, got it. Yeah. So actually, Raphael, I don't even know, why did you choose Bordeaux? Um. I really wanted to go to France. I had been taking French since ninth grade of high school. Oh. Um, and I was minoring in French literature at UC San Diego. And I don't remember why Bordeaux specifically. Maybe that's the only program that they had. Um, but <laughs> it, it wasn't, but that's okay. They had, yeah. At the time, they had five. Oh, they had Toulouse, right? They had Toulouse, yeah. Bordeaux, Lyon, Paris, and I think think maybe that was oh grenoble grenoble okay. so there were five at the time i have no idea why i chose bordeaux then um because i i feel like i would have wanted to choose paris but anyway um i'm glad that i did choose bordeaux i think it was even though i'd still like to go back and spend some a longer amount of time in paris um bordeaux was just a different experience and maybe not one that's expected um Mm-hmm. And I really, I really loved it for that reason. And also just for all the people that I met and the experiences that we had. Um, and I'm sad we didn't learn about the history. I was looking forward to learning. About <laughs> <the history. laughs> um, but the other description about the gates and the skyline and the architecture um, are all true. And it's, it's bringing me back. I haven't been back since 2007. So you oh, need to relax. have a, a second time around. I do, yeah. And I I would love to go back and see what's changed, and you know, smartphones weren't weren't even a thing. I don't think, or they were. Oh my gosh, no! We had to buy little flip phones there and get French SIM cards and give everyone our French phone numbers. Yeah. Oh, fancy. <laughs> oh, and this is when you would like pay per text and so we would oh. we would franglais everything, whatever, whether the word in English or French had less like letters in it we would use that so we wouldn't waste a text like another one like we would try to send a message in a short like a word count as we could yeah it was a totally different time (laughs) yeah and talking about phones i mean i still used the phone booth that was down the block um to call home and have to buy like calling cards and stuff like that so it was a different time phone booth (laughs) and you know i I'm kind of like Raphael. I don't really remember why I chose Bordeaux. I remember very distinctly I did not want to do Paris. I didn't want such a huge metropolis. Um, I wanted something that was more intimate, something that was smaller, that was going to feel a little bit more like 
I was off the beaten path, even though Bordeaux is not really that, but it, you know, certainly is in Paris. Um, but why I chose that from the other ones, I don't know. And now I am so happy that I did. Bordeaux is so special. Like we mentioned, the whole city is a world heritage site, basically the whole like downtown. And I, it was, I had been in Europe. I'd only been in big cities. Like I'd been to London and Dublin. And so I came to Bordeaux and that whole downtown, I just thought all of Europe was all these old castles and stone structures. Um, <laughs> but then you, you do venture outside and you're like, Oh, here are some really disgusting, ugly buildings that look like they're communists. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was in Europe, but they are. But the whole city is um, like a preserved site where you don't really get that in those other larger cities. Like even Lyon is France's second largest city. It's got a very modern um, skyline and a lot of like metropolis things going on there. But um, Bordeaux is like its own little gem in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. It sounds like a place to really go to immerse yourself, like go back in time almost. Definitely with the architecture. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so actually, um, I was so lucky. I was able to go back for the first time since we were there. I think it was like two years ago. And I almost couldn't recognize it. When we were there, they had kind of let all the architecture just become black. Um, Just they weren't cleaning it. And they have since like upped their game and wanted more tourism. And they scrubbed everything clean. And now they're like beautiful, like white and beige. And it was like I was walking like this doesn't even look like the same place before because it's so cleaned up and beautiful now. But it's the kind of city where it's it's almost like some of those parts of Paris where you can just wander all the streets, get lost, and you're just in these cobblestone French architecture-like alleys and wander into cafes and little shops. And um, they have one of the – a really old cathedral there. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was off the Metro Stop <laughs> Hotel de Ville. <laughs> uh, what was the big cathedral there? Do you remember? I don't. But it's not. actually where um, Eleanor of Aquitaine was married there, I think. And she's like the mother of Richard the Lionheart of England. Something like that. She's a huge like historical figure in Europe. But so that <laughs> cathedral had been around since like 11 or 1200. And still there. So you find all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Cathedral. <laughs> it sounds like you were enamored by by Bordeaux, Kristen. Like you're smitten. <laughs> I I definitely am, and and sometimes I'm not sure. Is it the nostalgia of my time there, or is it really that great of a city? And I think it was kind of both, and that's why I feel really lucky that I chose it. Rafa, is it same for you? A little bit of both. Definitely, and and you know, I know that we're focusing on Bordeaux, but tied to it, of course, is studying abroad. Um, yeah. And like I said at the beginning, it, it was the first time that I had left North America. Um, mm-hmm. And the first time that I also lived by myself um, yeah. and where I learned how to cook because of that. And just a lot of firsts for me. Um, yeah, it, it, and, it stamped like an impression on you um, yeah. besides everything else. Um, exactly. Too bad you had to learn how to 
cook by yourself in France. Look at that. <laughs> and, and because it was such a transformative time, plus the location, um, it was it was really amazing. It's definitely one of the best years of my life. Um, so yeah, it was same. It was cool. That's yeah. a great statement. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you really come away with really like deep relationships because of what you all go through together and I mean not just the Americans like we actually the Erasmus European students we hung out with a lot of them um, and we're all you know figuring out France together and learning French together and um, we just all had so much first together and so much fun so yeah, when I was back in Bordeaux, it was hard not to want to cry, like being on these same streets and corners and remembering <laughs> being there with all my friends so like so long ago and whatnot. But yeah, when what was like your favorite thing to do um, while you were there, both of you, either of you? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like, just I, I think for me, and it fit my personality well was. Um, I mean, the French are just known for just being slower, you know, the slower oh, pace okay. of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I did find that with, with everything, right? And here you expect if you go to a restaurant or a cafe that you're going to get served right away and everything's quick and you get upset if they don't serve you right away. There, you got to be really patient and almost just enjoy the downtime because it's going to take a little while. And they're not being rude. Like, that is just the norm, Right. Um, so maybe <laughs> having a coffee could take an hour and a half, uh, <laughs> if you really wanted it to. Right. Um, or just like strolling on the weekends and going to the Jardin Public, um, oh, yeah. or just walking around the quay, which is along the, the river. Um, I loved that. Their yeah. riverfront, they've made it even more fun. Um, some of their most like picturesque um, views of the city are along the riverfront and they have they even have like a skate park there where kids would literally be on skateboards and they have what they call the mirror waters the mirror where it's like a very shallow little thing of water that like reflects everything like all the buildings but they have like little water jets and people play in it and it's really fun in the summer yeah oh, I forgot about the case yeah it's Aww. really just um like living that sort of slow leisure lifestyle not so much in a hurry um yeah it was really fun just to experience normal life and mm-hmm. i my apartment we were right above actually a flower shop and there was a patisserie right across the street and it was like in the morning we would get up and on our way to school pick up a baguette and like eat the baguette outside and then take the tram into classes and come back and get their afternoon baguette and like uh-huh. hang out on the balcony and just like your everyday life there was so special. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's w- another thing was in Bordeaux itself so much because Jer- Europe as a whole, um, the the ease that you could travel just from one country to an entirely different country, country or even right. just within France that Sadly, we don't really have that here as easily. Um, I know our high-speed rail keeps getting voted down. (laughs) I know. I mean, is that even a thing? I don't think so. Um, No. So that is another amazing part of it, too, that even a smaller, relatively smaller city or or middle city in Europe, you can still get to Mm -hmm. everywhere in, in Europe. 
Did yeah. you experience the, I don't know how some people call French snobby? Well, um, that's interesting you say that because I did want to talk about that. Okay, because um, I'm curious, yeah. Because even within France, so yeah. so the French are known as being snobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, some people say that. Uh-huh. But within France, the Bordelais themselves are thought as the snobby ones within France. So we got <laughs> the French will tell you, oh, the Bordeaux, they're so cold and mean, and we were like, oh God, there's two layers, and we're in the deepest <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to lie, um, as amazing of a time as I had. It, it was a culture shock in that sense. The people were, you had to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as Americans, this was back, remember, in 2006, 2007. This was not too far off after 9-11. We had already, or the United States had already um, gone into Iraq. In, and there's a lot of uh, North African people in France and in Bordeaux. And so sometimes we'd be talking English in a group just amongst ourselves. And we did have people come up and say mean things like, we speak French here, we don't speak English, or, or just things like that that were... There, you yeah, there were some aggressive. ...political part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that wasn't all of it. It was, again, the, the, you did have to have thick skin. And that was part of the learning experience, though, so, that... Halfway through, I think I I adjusted to that, and then I kind of fit in with that. Like I just I didn't get phased by it anymore. Get used to it, yeah. yeah. That I have like the funniest story that that reminded me of. You also have to remember historically the French and the English have like been at odds for forever, and we were standing in a group. I don't Raphael. Raphael, I don't remember if you were here for this, but we we're all speaking English. It was late at night and this guy comes up to us and he goes, you think you're in England? We don't speak that here. Yeah. And he spits on the ground in front of us. And then we go, we're from California. And he goes, oh, that's the dream. California, tell me all about it. Are you from Los Angeles? Have you come to Hollywood? We we're like, oh my God. Oh, that was a one How funny. Yeah. So sometimes. So you rank above a British, someone from Britain. Sometimes, sometimes that just yeah. happened to me when I'll speak English abroad, and um, and and they'll realize that I'm from California or I live in California. It's like, yeah, they do that, but I not heard someone else. I thought it was like they're just messing with me, but no, California, yeah, Hollywood, yeah, it's a thing. So actually, we kind of, I guess we didn't really touch on this, but Raphael, you mentioned like getting around, but like from the beginning, how did you get to Bordeaux? What was your travel path getting there? Uh, I do remember, so I went from LAX, um, and I think I, I don't remember, but I, I obviously landed somewhere on the East coast. I believe it was Washington DC, um, or Atlanta. I don't remember. And then made my way over to, to Munich. Um, and then from Munich, a, a flight into Bordeaux. Um, so you, you flew into Bordeaux airport. Yes. Okay. So I actually did a similar thing and it, Last I checked, it's actually a bit expensive to get into Bordeaux. Um, It's just not as easy as some other locations. Maybe it's up and coming. But I remember in the study abroad office, we were having like a pre-departure meeting with people. I think it was just the Bordeaux people. Maybe it was all of France. And they were like, oh, if you want to save money, just flying to Paris and take the train. And 
this was my first time traveling alone. And I remember like the fear of God in my heart, like who would do that? I'm not taking a train alone. I've never done this. Like I'm flying straight in there. I wouldn't dare. And so many people I met did not have that fear. But after I was there and became comfortable with it, now I am like, hell yeah. Like I would not waste money. <laughs> um, their train system is super easy, but Whereas a flight from Paris to Bordeaux is probably barely an hour. Um, the train does take about three hours if you take the high-speed rail. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it is it it is well-connected um, on all the trains. And also, as we were leaving, lots of the budget airlines were starting to pop up in Bordeaux. So they already did have some, and now I think a lot more um, airlines and more routes are going in and out of Bordeaux. And we would also take our favorite Eurolines bus, and that we could get anywhere with. <laughs> I forgot about Eurolines, but yeah, the bus, the bus. Uh, you know, some of these um, buses are are much better in other countries too. I think we're starting to have that here. With I forgot the name of Flix bus is is one of them. They're yes, a little bit better. I've used that. Yeah. Um, but even back, you know. 14 years ago, 15 years ago, they, they already had that in, in France and um, other parts of the world. So, yeah, and, and I, I have to disagree a little bit with the, with the airport stuff with Kristen. Um, mm-hmm. It is more difficult. It wasn't a hub. So the way it right. always worked is that, especially EasyJet, we would have to fly into London first and then fly from there to somewhere else. Um, but maybe it was also the age. It didn't bother me as much. I just thought, like, Oh, awesome. Like we can still go anywhere. Right. Um, so yeah, it's not, it's not as easy as, as being in Rome or, or Paris or London, whatever, but you can still get around, um, easier than here. For sure. But it is, if you look at the geography, Bordeaux is kind of, you know, it's off to the, it's on the Western coast of Europe as a whole. And so it's not like you're really in the middle of anything and, and it's not really on the way anywhere. So you really do just go in and out of Bordeaux to other places, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we have to talk about accommodations because Raphael was so brave. I am still so in awe of his um, confidence. Do you want to talk about your the housing you found? Okay, I was, I was like, where's yeah, this no, going? Where, yeah, no, sorry, accommodation. Where did you stay? <laughs> so, yeah. so, what did you do to get there? <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100% sure uh, what she means, but maybe you mean living on my own? Yeah, okay. So um, in the program that we did, we actually went over the summer and did an immersion program at the university and we lived in university dorms and then they were kind of coaching us like hey you guys you have to move out in a week so you better find somewhere to stay here's like you know here's some ideas and some people went to homestays and once again I'm the person who wouldn't even take the train I was terrified to do anything by myself so I got a friend and I latched onto her and (laughs) I made her call the ad for the apartment and be like you talked (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I, I was with this friend, like basically 24 seven, but I didn't want to deal with a French person on my own at this point. I was too nervous to have a French conversation over the phone of all things. Um, and so she and I found a place together with like our landlady. Um, so it was like a three bedroom apartment, but Raphael just struck out on his own. Yeah. So I, I think I did use the list that was provided to us by uh, the program. 
And I don't remember if I saw multiple places or not. Um, actually, I did see a couple places. And there was one re- weird one where it was like a strange couple. And I'm glad I didn't end up there. <laughs> um, but I this, this uh, older, um, he was already in his 80s, um, medical retired doctor. Um, super nice man. Um, just very gentle. I, I think he had already rented to students before. Um, and this was the second floor of his, of his home. Um, he, he kind of t- converted it into a small apartment or studio. Um, it was just a, a, you would go up the stairs and it's a normal high, uh, hallway where it breaks off into four bedrooms and a bathroom. But one of the bedrooms was turned into a little kitchenette. And then I had my bedroom and then he had the other two that he kept locked because that's where he had storage or it was just like an extra um, guest bedroom for him. But he never went up there, he never used it, he never had guests. So basically I had the whole upstairs and that was like my little um, studio apartment. Um, and I definitely made use of it. Kristen would come over all the time. Yeah, and cookies. I need all those cookies and not reimburse them. I owe you so much for that. <laughs> Still. And yeah, we would just hang out. And I had this tiny little old TV um, that had like two or three French channels that I would watch. Um, and just a tiny little uh, refrigerator and tiny little stove and I mean, everything's tiny in those tiny little apartments. This is like, you know, historically built. It's kind of like in some of those um, like New York areas where it's really old. You just don't have room for anything bigger. Yeah. And it was it was nice to just have my own space and and learn to be on my own. Um, But I mean, we were also so social in the program. And like I said, Kristen and others would would just come by and hang out and I would have even little get-togethers there um, over the weekend or sometimes even during the week. And I'm surprised that my landlord was fine with it, but... Um, <laughs> he couldn't hear. He was too old. <laughs> yeah, he he was. He just let me be most of the time. How um, old was he? He's probably like 40, right? Because you guys were so young? No, he was retired. <laughs> he was, he he was really, was really old. Okay. Yeah. Or 85 or something. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. That counts. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not really sure... I mean, I hope he's around. But, but I, I can say, so because I went there in the past few years, it was like a work trip. So I can say as someone who is like just visiting temporarily, there is a hostel. There is a youth hostel there. I remember I knew people who would stay there. Um, and because, again, the city, like the inner city where you want to be, it's this old historical um, area. There's not, if I remember it, there's nothing like a Hyatt, a Hilton, a Shangri-La, whatever. Oh, any of those awesome. big names. I don't think there's anything like that anywhere nearby. And so when I was looking, I'm sure there are like those just little, almost like motel kind of um, hotels where they might have like three rooms or something. I just remember when I was looking, everything was like an Airbnb. So you would oh. stay in very cute, like authentic apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like if you're going to, you want amenities and room service. I mean, it must exist in Bordeaux, but I have a hard time remembering that. But you want to stay charming. in the inner city. It is really charming. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed when I went back the Airbnb that I stayed at. There is a more modern area of the city, but like Kristen said, it's it's out. It's not. It's on the outskirts. It's not 
in the center of town. The center of town is definitely the historic part, the part that you want to visit. Um, but the outskirts of it is where you have more of like the modern buildings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, yep, yep. Um, so what, what's, what's funny- the- Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, what what was your favorite things to eat there? I mean, I've, you know, one of the experiences is always the food. I think, Kristen, you might have mentioned some things in the past, but. Probably I could not get enough of their baguettes. I feel like it was the first time in my life I was tasting real bread and they were always <laughs> fresh. And then we would get all the different kinds of cheeses and Nutella yep. The amount of like Nutella and baguette that I ate, I probably kept that place in business for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a a, ba- a baguette store right down the street on the corner. I'd go there all the time. I mean, we were because we were students, we were also on tight. Oh yeah, we were very poor. <laughs> <laughs> and right. I mean, you you could get an entire baguette for eighty cents um, and just cheese or whatever. And sometimes that would be like my entire. You could life. live off of that. Yeah, yeah, which which yeah. I did, um, yeah. and again I did learn how to cook. So I a lot of the food was my own food that I learned um, how to cook, and just going to the grocery store was one of the best adventures too. Um, oh, yeah. Especially at first, like when you there are little things that you don't know about. Like back then, you know, we here they would still give you the plastic bags, and that's what I was used to. And there you would have to bring your own bag. Yeah, they were ahead of the times. That's right. Ahead of the yeah, American times. So I remember yeah. being really surprised by that and caught off guard. Um, little things like that. But also because we were on tight budgets um, and we were students, uh, their kebabs. Uh, oh, yeah. Really a French thing. It's more of a, I don't know if it's Turkish or Algerian thing. Um, but to me, it's like their Californian Mexican food. Like oh, everyone yeah. loves a kebab at the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of like a, a like a pita type bread or or like tortilla, and inside of it is this like delicious. Usually, like lamb. I feel like 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 after you go somewhere for like that's what you like eat standing on the corner kind of thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. And those were delicious. I mean, they would also put French fries inside of them. Um, (laughs) Go French fries again. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We would go to a crepe place a lot. Um, Oh yeah, and. I think in in America we often imagine crepes as the dessert and you put right. Nutella, but they have savory crepes like dinner crepes as well. So there was this great restaurant that we would go to, and you would have full on dinner crepes with potatoes and curry and vegetables that were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it was it was just a lot of um, like sauces, like cream sauces and chicken and um, stuff like that. But that, those are the things that are that are popping up in my head. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of like, um, we would home make our own stuff, but with the French ingredients, oh, it was did we felt lose? like new. No, I don't know, Kristen. If we lost Kristen, Kristen, she what? She um went in to go get a baguette. Did you lose me? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I don't oh, know. We, go. we thought you went to go did get a baguette. Unplugged. You 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 just went silent for some reason for the rest of I'm us. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear okay. you. Okay. Sorry. Um, Can you hear us? Right. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm back. Well, oh no! There you go. There you're there again. You keep losing me. I don't know. Some something's happening. But anyway, the magic we, technology. Yep. <laughs> we uh, we playfully said that we were grabbing some wine, um, and that is also another thing that was very inexpensive, um, and 
you could just buy a, a bottle for like five euros. So you could have a baguette, cheese, and wine in your set. For like six bucks. Yeah. Yep. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. That sounds um, like it, a thing it was, to do. It was really, it was great. <laughs> Hey guys, it looks like we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, so there may be a strange cut here. However, we're going to go on to our lightning round. And this is how it works. Um, I think, Rafa, you did this a little bit last time when you were talking about Naples, but we have a list of 12 things to do in Bordeaux that we stole, borrowed, lifted from About France <laughs> website. And I'm just going to rattle them off one by one. You tell us if you made it there. And if you did, did you like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down, and just a little bit about it. You ready? Let's do it. All right, here we go. So do I get to do it? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we could do it like... um. Like both every- of you guys could do it. Right, both of go. you. Yeah. Could you do the first one so you, I don't mispronounce it? Oh, Place de la Bourse? There you go. Did okay. You there? So, yeah, that, that uh, is a 18th century building that faces the waterfront. And that is definitely a thumbs up. My favorite place in Bordeaux. That was my favorite place in Bordeaux. Oh. It's beautiful. It's right along the river. The lights at night make it spectacular, and that's where the the mirror, the water mirror is. Um, beautiful. Ten thumbs up. All right. The cathedral, a large uh, late Gothic cathedral whose bell tower, the Tour Puberland, is a, is a separate from the cathedral itself, and the visitors who climb the tower are rewarded with a breathtaking view of Bordeaux. Did you do that? I did not do the climbing of the tower, but I did go to the cathedral and, and constantly walked by it. And I, I do recommend it. Same. I recommend a lot of history there. And it's one of the main, like, uh, like uh, attractions in Bordeaux, too. Okay. Kristen, did you want to ask the next one or did you want to just answer them? Uh, I'll just answer them. Okay, good. All right. So the Stone Bridge, Bordeaux's oldest road bridge across the Garonne. I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's built in the 19th century, 17 arches and 487 meters long. Yes, I recommend it. And actually, if you go to the Place de la Bourse, you will see it. It's right in front of it. That's right. right. Yep, super beautiful. So thumbs up. Yes. The Grand Theater, Bordeaux's historic theater. Yep. Okay. Um, Chris and I went there and I think we saw the Nutcracker. Yeah, we went there at Christmas time. Very beautiful. Their main tram line passes right by it. Um, and I see here it's the only surviving example in France of an 18th century theater complete with its interior. I didn't know that. It sounds amazing. I'm going to skip the next one because it's the waterfront. You guys already went all over and talked about how great that was. So right. I don't know if you want to add anything, but it, you like, <clears throat> I want to go yeah, look okay. the mirror, the water mirror. Anyway, the Farn Arts Museum, Bordeaux's Musée de Beaux Arts. The, let's see, it's of the larger provincial art galleries in France, particularly known for its collection of French and Dutch art and includes works by Rubens, Chardin, Delacroix, Boudin, Matisse, and others. Did you go there? I don't remember. I don't I, think I did. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. It's a contemporary <laughs> art museum, but I don't know about the fine art. Okay. I don't think I did, yeah. It's all right. You ate baguettes and that's important. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Port de Calhou, built um, in 1945, the Cal, how I'm not, come killing it, gate, is the oldest of the surviving former gates of the old fortified city of Bordeaux. That sounds like, like a story, like a fairy tale. 
Yes, and I recommend that too. These are just like gates all over town. Um, another one is uh, at Place de la Victoire, and they're just these beautiful gates that are just randomly around the city. I think some of them are from like Roman um, occupation, no? Probably, but one, one of them, or that's the gross cloche. We'll talk about it. Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, St. Michael's uh, Basilica, 14th century to 17th century. It's a flamboyant Gothic basilica, the largest church in Bordeaux. It's 114 meters spire, makes it the second tallest church building in France. And it's listed by UNESCO as part of the Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage route from Le Puy. Did you? Wow, I did not know that, but I've been by it. I've seen it. It's beautiful, <laughs> but I didn't go inside, I don't think. I think same with me. All right. I'm going to kill this. Oh, I think you talked about the Big Bell. Gross Cloche. It's yeah. a Big Bell, late medieval, medieval <clears throat> 15th century municipal municipal clock tower that's standing there was once the gate to the old city. There's another gate. The current Feel bell- free to help us out with the pronunciation, <laughs> though. No, you you ever- <laughs> Killing. Oh, the current bell and clock were um, both date 18th century and the the bell weighs 7.75 tons. I'm going to think that that's a lot. And it's rung midday <laughs> on the first Sunday of each month. Did you guys hear the bells and go in there at all? I don't remember if I heard the bells, but it's an, it is another beautiful gate. Big thumbs up. Um, beautiful gate. And at night, the like interiors like lit up blue or purple. And it's uh, gorgeous to walk by in the evening. 7.75 tons, this is the only thing I can offer, is roughly the weight of four Camrays. For what? Four Camry cars. Toyota Camrys. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I wouldn't oh, even one. So. Actually, it could be, no, as little as two. To, yeah, actually, anyways, it could be a little as two. But two Camrys. I'm sorry. Two Camrys. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, the Bordeaux Wine museum the trade museum and um it's just north of the central area and located in old bordeaux which sounds like where you were at this museum is a more authentic experience of the out-of-town seat divan uh located in the cellars close to old wine wharves and run by wine history association it tells the story of bordeaux wine um and we're going to provide i think a link to some wine tasting what did you ever go there did you go to museums Actually, I- I did not, and I'm, I know that they've, since I've been there, it's a beautiful new, and it is a modern building, um, okay. and I'm curious to see it when I go back. Yeah, I did not do it either, but I remember when a lot of visitors would come, people would visit there, like if people's, um, like if our friends, their parents would come, that's somewhere they would like to go, and things oh, like okay. that, so I know it was very popular and, and like, well-rated, but I did not visit it. The grown-ups, probably a little pricey. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Musée de Keti Aquitian, the Bordeaux Local History Museum, which tells the, the story of uh, from prehistory to today, including a story of the port of Bordeaux and the transatlantic trade. That sounds like more of a also educational history. History, yeah. which we, uh, we should go there. And then like, <laughs> we could do the we'll go back and talk about the report about the history of the area. No. I don't think I was that cultured, so I don't remember. I think you were because that was one of the free museums in Bordeaux. And so I feel like that was something when our friends would visit, we would tour and hit all these like the same spots. And the Musée d'Aquitaine was free. And so I remember going there a lot. 
Okay, Musée d'Aquitaine. There, I can I can repeat, yeah. not for the okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the last one is Anglas Notre Dame, which is one of the finest ornate Baroque churches in France, particularly the exterior. You probably did you walk by, go in, take a picture. What one? Was uh, none of the above. <laughs> not not ringing a bell. You know, I don't think so. I'm looking it up, and it's a little outside of. Um, it was in Talence. So I think the tram passed by it, but I never stopped. I probably was like, that's nice as I rode by. <laughs> okay. And that was our lightning round. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. you know, one other thing I want to mention actually about Bordeaux, um, we did talk about how it's off the beaten path from major cities, but there are a lot of really great day trips to take from Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me when you were talking about the wine, there's the old... It's um, like the fortified, what, what was like that monk village? What do you call it? A cloistered like town called Saint-Emilion. And you see wines from there everywhere at Trader Joe's at upscale places. Yeah. And you can go there by like train in an hour. Um, you can do a lot of wine tasting nearby. You can go to the beach. Um, you mm-hmm. can go to this bay called Arcachon, which has Western Europe's largest sand dune. If you were interested in that, <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot even outside of Bordeaux. I know everything we talked about was like inside the old um, fortified city, but there's a lot to explore in that whole area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. So that was my last <laughs> last push, I guess. I think it's uh, it's time for me to go back, so maybe we should do a return to Bordeaux. Um, oh yeah. On-site research. (laughs) Exactly. And actually, there's a lot of surfing in this region, um, the Bay of Biscay. I remember um, a lot of our friends would go down to the beach and and take surf lessons. And they were very excited because a lot of them were from not coastal towns. And we from California were like, no, we're going to like go to London (laughs) or something (laughs) like that. So. But yeah, I guess we can't really say enough about Bordeaux. And it really is a treat. And I don't think a lot of people put it on their list. And I think it deserves to be on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, with that, thank you for tuning in to our technical difficulty podcast on Bordeaux. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that you guys had as much fun as we did. What do you think? contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more. And also, if you're newer to the podcast, check out some of our older destination podcasts on New Zealand, Washington, D.C., and of random international festivals, just to name a few. Meet us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. 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 Merci beaucoup. <laughs>